What a Woman, conversations with powerful women who share powerful stories. This podcast was created by me, your host, Caroline Lyons, and my friend and producer, Sarah Benner, two mums searching for inspiration. And we hope you'll be inspired too. We're thrilled this series of the podcast is sponsored by Serenity Spa, a luxurious hidden gem you will find located inside the Rose Hotel Tralee. Welcome to the podcast, Una. Thank you very much. We're so <laughs> delighted to have you and thanks for taking the time. No you're one of Ireland's leading businesswomen and oh, entrepreneurs in our eyes. <laughs> Thank you. You are a qualified pharmacist. And, I am, yeah. And a managing director of Mars Pharmacy mm-hmm. Group. Mm-hmm. And you have, I think, is it nine pharmacies? Nine pharmacies, yeah. Around this in, in Dublin. All in Dublin, And yeah. a very successful online business as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We look um, after our customers all over the land and breadth of Ireland. <laughs> all the way down to Kerry. Yeah. Yeah, I know. We've Don't forget about us down in Kerry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all over the world now as well, would you yeah. believe? 70 Fantastic. countries all over the world. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Pretty yeah. amazing, yeah. Who would have thought, yeah. you know? And I normally commit this sort of bit at the intro to memory, but I, and, uh-huh. but when I was looking at all the awards and accolades oh. you have, I couldn't actually <laughs> remember them all because honestly, there are so many. I mean, yeah. Tatler Business Women of the Year last year. I think you've just yeah. um, received Best Managed Company uh, by Deloitte again yeah. for the ninth consecutive yeah. Yeah, ninth year. year yeah. But yeah. you are getting a lot yeah. right. So, yeah. you know, congratulations on all of that, first Thank of you. all. Um, I you. know from my research, it's down to an awful lot of hard work it and dedication. Is. Yeah, yeah. Um, it doesn't come easy. But listen, it's all, it's the team. Yeah. It really is. You know, I'm just one person in the team. I'm only one cog. Like, you know, so that's them that makes it happen, yeah. you know, you know, so. But what I thought was interesting just doing some research for today was yeah. in your background, you 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 had a great role model growing up in your in your mum, who mm. also got yeah. lots of awards for her work. And she was a yeah. bit of a trailblazer in her time. And I Very thought it might so. be interesting to touch on, on that to start with, because I've heard yeah. you say there were no glass ceilings in your house, which no. I thought fantastic. Yeah, but I didn't understand that term or anything even growing up because when you grow up in that environment mm-hmm. you think everybody grows up in that environment you know so and I think that's probably one of the reasons I do so much work with other you know as a mentor mm-hmm. on the Going for Growth program and work with other female business owners because you know that's that's an environment I grew up in so I feel like so privileged now but I do now understand that not everybody had that mm-hmm. and so you know, I really firmly believe if you have a role model, if you can see it, you can be it, really. That's it. Exactly, yeah. Um, yeah. So by sharing my story and the ups and the downs mm-hmm. with other women, that gives them, OK, well, listen, if she came through that and, you know, and, and not necessarily the successes in coming through it, the mistakes I've made, that stops them falling into the same trap and making the same mistakes. And, um, and you know, if they don't have a strong role model, like I had in my mom or maybe another, you know, business leader or whatever, then I feel like it's nearly a duty I have yeah. to to share some of my experience to help them really, you know. Yeah. So but yeah, my mom is my biggest inspiration in life, always has been, always will be. Mm. Um, 
you know, she's just a really wise woman. <laughs> and yeah, we grew up in the troubles in Northern Ireland. It was really tough. And again, you know, it's almost like looking back at Dairy Girls. We grew up and we we thought yeah. that that was normal, you know, <laughs> yes. but it wasn't normal. I know that now. But, you know, she brought 200 women across a political divide to come and work together at the height of the troubles with a common purpose. You know, and when I think about what we do now, or you mentioned Tatler there, when I stood up on stage and collected that award, I immediately went back to an eight year old self standing watching my mum. So, you know, I didn't realise the impact that that was making on me growing up until moments like that. And and that's the thing, you know, she was so proud of the achievements of her team in coming together and putting everything aside, all her political views, everything, and leaving that at the door and working together to achieve a common goal. And I think that's really my inspiration and why I do what I do, because I firmly believe that once you have a purpose in life and you feel like you're making an impact, mm -hmm. like a real meaningful impact. And for her, it was about motivation and it was actually empowerment of women. She was way ahead of her time in that. So, I, yeah, she's my biggest inspiration. Um, and, and when you, so just going back to when you were working with Pierce, who originally yeah. owned the, the original pharmacy, yeah. and you, I read you knew, you, you dreamt of owning it the minute you, you started yeah. working yeah, there. Yeah. And it was four years later when you got the call to say, yeah, yeah. I'm selling it. Yeah. And at that time, I believe you had a student loan and you it was uh, yeah. two million pounds. Is that right? That yeah. you needed to find. And yeah. you, you somehow came up with that. Yeah. And that takes yeah. tenacity. Yeah. yeah. I suppose, like, I mean, I think twice about it today, you know, whenever know. you have. You As know. a young girl. Yeah. That yeah. was a big dream to have. Yeah. I think naivety, you know, is great. Like mm. that's, that's the benefit of youth, isn't it? You think you're invincible and you think, oh, of course, it's going to work or whatever. And I absolutely had no other thoughts. I had no fear going into that at all. Um, I knew it would work. Um, but something we were talking about earlier, actually, Sarah was saying that, you know, sometimes you, you know, often people might be very good at academics and obviously you've you studied for, yeah. for pharmacy and they might be good at business. But to get both and to be good with people as well, it, it's, it's quite unusual. You yeah. tick all those boxes. Well, I don't know if I do. Like, I mean, I think business is all about people, isn't it? So, you know, mm. I mean, I don't have any business qualifications. None whatsoever. I'm a pharmacist. At an undergrad pharmacy degree, we learn nothing about business. We learn nothing about people. We learn nothing. So I have no finance skills. I have no so people skills. how did skills. you know it would work? I just knew it would work because I worked there as a as an employee. Mm -hmm. I spoke to customers every single day on, you know, on the counter or on the floor. I knew what they were looking for. I knew what opportunities were there which weren't being availed of. Um, and so I was able to take a little bit of this and a little bit of that and make it my own. So I knew, I guess it was a deep insight into the customer that made me 100% confident that I knew I could build upon the amazing work the patient had already done. It sounds like you're very in tune, but you also obviously have a very good relationship with your, your team. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, they are, they are what makes it work. And there I are, I suppose, more pressures on, on the, the, the pharmacy industry these days, for, even because of the pressures on the health system. Yeah. And that I know there's some you know laws coming in to perhaps give pharmacists a bit more, yeah. more um, I suppose, control or autonomy over certain things, and perhaps certain prescriptions. But yeah. what, what might be the trends you're seeing? I mean, we, we were talking earlier about sort of over-prescriptions that's, you know, I guess you know, GPs are under pressure. They might not have the time to understand what's behind a patient's problems. They might just be prescribed something. Dr. Mary Ryan was talking about women often being misdiagnosed with depression. Yeah. Um, 
And this, do you, do you sort of see that? Do you think we we can we are taking too much medication these days? Are you seeing that? Um, I, I see that. Um, I see that we're not getting to the root cause of what's going on. I guess. So I'd say what Mary was talking about there is, we, you know, women who have hormonal imbalance go through perimenopause and menopause can often present with, you know, I don't know what's wrong with me. I feel completely overwhelmed. I'm not myself. I can't cope. And therefore, prescription comes out for an antidepressant. But actually, the problem really is the hormonal imbalance. And so if you take the time to listen to customers and what's really going on in their life, um, and you peel it all back, if you can get to the root cause and, and, and sort that out, and it's very often not necessarily with a prescription medication, you know, it's sometimes that's a plaster being put on the symptom. If you can make the lifestyle changes or better again, if you can get before that. So it's about prevention, really. And we talk a lot about proactive health care. And what we mean by that is really helping to educate women on what is ahead of them. You know, if you know that yeah. you're co coming into perimenopause or menopause and you know what's ahead of you, you will know the signs to look out for. And so therefore you'll go, oh, I have heard about this before. This is what I need to do yeah. in order to stop the next thing, the domino effect. It's having the knowledge. We Absolutely. were talking about that. And Absolutely. and I think women need to take a bit of control as well, you know, as in you kind of have to take on board what well, I think what we say all the time is you're in the driver's seat of, you know, you know, your health is a car. You're driving the car. You know, your doctor's in the passenger seat. Your pharmacist is there in the car too. Your consultant's in the car. Mary's in the car. Mm. And, you know, I'm in the car and your GP's in the car. But you're driving the car. So we can give you all the information you need. You've got to decide, are you going to brake or are you going to accelerate? You're in control. So nobody else is in control. So that is sometimes terrifying mm -hmm. when you think about it. But you, our job in it all is to give you the information. And then your job is to distill that information and decide, well, what am I going to do about it? Because we hear knowledge is power all the time. I'm always saying that myself. But actually, you know, knowledge without action is is useless. Mm -hmm. Actually, that's the ultimate failure, really, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So you've got to take the information and decide, OK, I've got to make a choice here now. What am I going to do? And you've got to take some sort of action in order to improve the quality of your life at that moment, if you're in the midst of something or actually, OK, to prevent that from happening for me, um, I'm going to make sure I, I don't know, it might be get more sleep or it might be change my diet and might be around nutrition. Or we talk a lot about this kind of holistic approach because it's not one element, actually. You know, you're looking after your physical health is one thing, but it's your emotional health. It's, um, you know, your connections to people. You talk about community. That's one of the biggest things, actually, that you can do to improve your health, to make sure you're around people who are good for you and stay connected to the community, your family and friends. That is completely proven by a long study yeah. in Harvard mm -hmm. to to say that that is the biggest thing that you can do for your health, actually, connections. So it's all those aspects. And it's not like if you just fix your nutrition, everything's going to mm. be fine. It's not. You know, you've got to look at your nutrition, you've got to look at your sleep, your movement, you've got to look at all aspects of that. It's like a jigsaw puzzle. What about when...
when it maybe comes to, I suppose, our children, though, and young adults mm-hmm. who maybe haven't quite, they're not quite in the driver's seat yet. We're, mm-hmm. we're sort of driving for them. But, you know, I mean, young people are, are seem to be more, de- more suffering from more depression. There seems to be, there's more diagnoses of different conditions now. And um, in some ways, that's a great thing because people are becoming more aware of perhaps so neurodiversity for example mm-hmm. but perhaps maybe there's a rush to medicate that too quickly I don't know what you observe on that point again when it comes to are we at risk of over medicating with our young people well again you know when you look at that there's a lot of anxiety I see a lot of anxiety and stress in the younger generation and you have to think about there's so many more challenges and pressures on them now particularly when it comes to social media and I only see it my own children snapchat the messages yeah. you go on that's it, it's out there, then they're left with that or whatever. What does that cause to them, really? And, you know, what I try and talk to my own children about is that whole, you know, where does anxiety come from? Where does this, you know, this is this fight and flight, you know, sympathetic nervous system triggered in your body, which causes the anxiety, causes the release of adrenaline and cortisol. And I try to explain that, what's happening in their body and how those hormones make them feel how they feel. You know, the palpitations, uh, you know, the the racing heart, the thoughts flying around in their head, you know, the shortness of breath. They can't feel like they can't breathe. And then if they don't do something about that and with a huge amount of cortisol in their in their body, how... If they don't get a good night's sleep then, when, which helps to clear that cortisol, the next morning they're going into this cycle again and again and again. And, you know, how I approach that with my own children is talking to them about, well, what, what do you do to turn that off? You've got to turn on the parasympathetic nervous system. So how do you do that? And, you know, that is down to, we know, stimulating the vagus nerve. And in doing stim- and in doing that, what, what stimulates that? So it is sleep a for, for one exercise for another you know meditation my two children meditate now in order to to turn that on you know journaling you know writing mm, down yeah, their yeah. thoughts getting it out speaking connections the importance of if they're not going to speak to me and i i understand you don't want to speak to me about some things but speak to somebody about it because you got to get it out because once you release it you know you're turning this chemical off so i take it back to you know this is not just going on in your head this is real and it's caused by these hormones. And if you can figure out a way to turn those hormones off by turning other hormones on, then you will be able to control this. So, you know, our children are so highly educated now. They're so knowledgeable because they're on, they have, this is the generation of knowledge. They have, they have, they, 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 they need to teach yeah. me how to meditate. <laughs> Do you know? And, they, and they're so open to it now. Yeah. You know, they're being taught this in schools, whatever. So they're hearing it from everywhere now. So they're very open to it. So again, it's explaining, I think, you know, the why this is happening. If they understand the why, then they they know what to do about it and they know they're normalizing it and and you can say I feel like this as well and share just our experiences like years ago people brushed this under the carpet didn't talk about it so it's about opening up the conversation making them aware making them aware of why it's happening and bringing it back to this is normal chemicals in your body but they have a massive impact so all of these thoughts that are going on in your body are a result of a chemical change so you've got to figure out how do you make that chemical change work for you so what do you need to do it's like I often say the 
this is like driving a car again is my analogies all the time the sympathetic nervous system is you putting the accelerator on if you keep on putting that accelerator on and you don't brake you're going to crash so how do you put the brakes on, which is the parasympathetic nervous system? How do you slow down? How do you slow down your heart rate? How do you breathe again? How do you stop all the gurgling in your tummy and the flutters and everything? How do you calm down? How do you relax? How do you put the brakes on? That's parasympathetic. And I talk to my kids about, you know, meditation, cold water therapy, standing under the cold shower. Both of them do that now. Cassie's like always like, that's a great idea. See, it's great for my hair too, mummy, you know? <laughs> Do you know, so, you I know. I suppose how, it's about being a good role model as well, absolutely. though, coming back, you know. And explaining that stressed. this is normal. Yeah. yeah. This is this is normal for me, too. And this is what I need to do for me. You know, so if they see me meditating or they see me, you know, jumping in the sea or, you know, then they kind of go, there's something in this. So it is, we are their role models. And whether they let on or not, they are taking it in. Like, like me and my mum, you know, mm. I didn't realise that I put all that in. Yeah, but I'm wondering. I mean, it's fantastic in a way that, that I think, that, that, as you said, the young people they're able to think, sort of put themselves first and their needs. But mm-hmm. I suppose will that match with being able to be really successful later on in terms of like, for, say, running a business like yourself, building a business like you have? I read that in the first few years when you took ownership, I think you didn't have a day off for two and a half years. Mm. I'm not sure I could see the young people today <laughs> doing that. But I mean, is that what it takes? Yeah, to... well, hard work. It does take hard work, you know. There's no question, you know. You've got to put the hours in. Like, I think that's that's what it takes running any kind of business, you know. And the, the big thing for me is, you know, it doesn't feel like hard work to me, you know. Because I think if you're in your lane and you're in your flow and you love what you do and you're really passionate about it, then it's not like you're going against the flow of the river. You're going along with it, you know. So for me, it is about you know making sure that you're working at something that you really love doing. Like I jump out of bed every morning. I have done for the last 23 years since I've been in this business going What's going to happen today? This is cool, like, because I get to meet the most wonderful people day to day. You know, I get to make a, a real impact in their health. It's a privilege what people tell me. Um, you know, I may post some of it, but I, like, there's a hell of a lot more stuff that goes on under the radar that I would never say. But I know I've made a difference. And that is what it's about for me. And I'll tell you another secret, right? I'll tell you a secret. What, you know, you, said, you just said when you run a successful business, like, Happiness, you know, people think that success brings happiness. It's not. It's the reverse. It's happiness brings success. So, you know, if you love what you do and you're really content and really happy in that, then there's, you know, you will do anything to get through the bad days. Anything. And that's what brings success. As long as you're in the groove of what it is you're meant to do. Yeah. And you really love what you do and you feel that there's purpose in it. Like for me, it is about, you know, happiness for me means like fulfillment, really, you know. And for that, if I peel that all back, it's every day I'm learning something new. Every day I feel like I'm growing myself and every day I feel like I'm making a difference. Because on my deathbed, I want to lie down and think, you know, I brought something into the world for my children, for my family. For me, myself, I had a great life. I learned loads of things. Um, you know, I started off in traditional pharmacy. We're now shipping to 70 countries all over. I have no e-commerce skills, no digital skills. I've just learned it as gone. 
because I, f- I really feel every day is a learning day. So I love learning new things and that gives me a huge sense of fulfillment. And that's what makes me happy and content. And that's the thing I think that brings a success. Gosh, it's yeah. very powerful because I suppose I do feel like and this is thinking about some friends and even myself, you get to a point in life and you think perhaps you haven't found your purpose or, you know, perhaps there's people listening that maybe haven't got that 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 career that they're passionate about. I don't know if you have any advice for, for Well, the really sad statistic is, I think it was McKinsey, I read a report recently, and 85% of people are working in jobs they hate. Yeah, I'd believe it, yeah. yeah. You know, so I think that makes me so sad. Because do you know what? Everybody's passionate about something. Everybody I do think our generation or the younger generation now, though, the world's your oyster. You oh, can absolutely. do whatever you want now. Yeah. You and really, years uh, ago, it would have been frowned of like, you know, you yeah. went to school and you did, I don't know, whatever you did at school. And then you ended up doing a profession, be, be that, say, law or medicine or accountancy or whatever. It would have been frowned upon if you left. You know, mm. um, left the profession or left college and didn't see it out. Like I remember two or three people in my class who realised after first year, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be a pharmacist. But they wouldn't leave for fear of what their parents would think of them, you know, or, you know, that they'd be letting them down. Whereas now, you know, people join careers as a stepping stone, kind of go, oh, like this bit about actually. And then they'll move sideways, they'll move different. Yeah. yeah. There's so many options. So I think that, you know, I really do feel like you've won life. You've won chance. You know, we're here for a short yeah. time. You have to enjoy it. You know, it's not about the destination. It's about the journey. If you're on a journey that you're not enjoying, what a waste, you know, what a waste. And, you know, I, I listened to your guest, Patricia, wasn't Patricia, it? Dr. Yeah. Patricia Sheehan, yeah. Yeah. What does everybody say in palliative care when she's dealing with them? You know, they wish they spent more time with friends and family. They wish that they didn't care what people thought of them, their yeah. expectations. They wish they had the courage to do what they wanted to do. Yeah, yeah. You know, I hear that all the time. I lost a really good friend recently who was in my class, you know, in college, 50 years of age to motor neuron disease. And, you know, the last conversation I had with him was, if I could do it all again, and I would just spend more time going skiing with the family, you know? So yeah. that's what everybody wants. Mm. Time with the people that you love. Time with, you know, doing the things that make you, makes your heart sing. Yeah. 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 So don't stay in a career. I think it's important to take it seriously, though, to really think about it. Yeah. Yeah. And to think, you know, if I was diagnosed with a terminal illness tomorrow, what would I say to myself? Yeah. What would you say to your sister? You need to speak speak to yourself like you speak to the people that you love most about Mm -hmm. around you, I think. And, And you have to be brave. And take the step. You know, I think everybody loves something. Everybody loves mm. something. So you've got to do what you love. And if you do that, you will make a huge success of it because you're working in an area which it doesn't feel like work. You spend so much time yeah. at work. Yeah. Exactly. Happy, yeah. You have to enjoy it. Like. Yeah. There's a lot of talk now on supplements as well. Mm. And... I don't know. There's so there's sort of so many now that you can take whether it's sort of the, the vitamin, but it's vitamin D, D and B12. And I suppose mm. if you were to choose one or two to take, mm-hmm. what ones would you suggest? Going through menopause, you mean? Well, after forty. After forty, yeah. So it, well, it depends on your symptoms. Every woman is different, you know. So how I go through it would be different to yourself. Um, so 
I always say there is something, there is a solution to every symptom that you're going through because we talk about 37 different symptoms now, perimenopause. And there's lots of things that go on in our bodies under the radar that we don't get a symptom of as well, which are actually the more important things, believe it or not. So if you think about what's happening in our estrogen and progesterone decreasing, how that all plays out is like those progesterone symptoms that appear they appear before the oestrogen decline symptoms happen, actually. So most women will come present with tiredness, lethargy, anxiety, palpitations, not knowing what's wrong today, but tomorrow I'm actually fine. So it's all a bit confusing. And they don't realise that these are perimenopausal symptoms linked to progesterone and, and the decline in levels of oestrogen. They're putting it down to, oh, the kids are yeah. doing yeah. this and this is I was just ticking in my happening. head going, tick, tick, yeah. tick. You know, so, yeah. and, it, and what happens is women present with tiredness and lack of sleep and anxiety initially, yeah? Um, not thinking, not joining the dots and thinking, actually, those could be perimenopausal symptoms. And then you see the change of periods, of course. And that's the, your oestrogen obviously declining and you say, see the hot flushes and night sweats, the, the traditional symptoms that we would kind of go, OK, now you kind of know. But actually all this other stuff is happening beforehand that they haven't penciled together. That's actually the signs. So when you think about all of those, what matters to some women uh, or how they present is d- different f- for all those years, because perimenopause can last between four and 12 years. Like that's a long time if yeah. you're in a long perimenopause. So and you but you might experience this tiredness and this, you know, the lack of sleep or whatever for a couple of years before something else happens. So taking different supplements to address those specific symptoms are the best thing, I think, unless you have a collection of symptoms where then you can take a blend. So for the tiredness, like B12, mm. like you mentioned, for the hormonal imbalance, the ups and the downs and the swings and whatnot, we know B6 can help. We can we also know like isoflavones, which are phytoestrogens, can really help as well. Um, as long as you haven't had breast cancer or a breast sens- uh, estrogen sensitive um, uh, tumour at any stage. We know then for the tiredness and the exhaustion, even a good supplement that I always recommend is Revive because a good blend of different ingredients that actually really supports against tiredness. We know for a lot of women have muscle cramps and pains and that's just simply because we have estrogen receptors all over our body at every muscle junction. And so like less estrogen, you can get that tightness in the muscles. So magnesium is brilliant for mm. that. Magnesium is great for sleep as well. It's really good for calming the, the nervous system. So even good for anxiety. Ashwagandha is brilliant for anxiety and palpitations as well. It's a real calming effect, a progesterone-like effect in our body. And then lots of women complain about the changes to their skin. And this, again, is because oestrogen, whilst it stimulates egg, you know, the ripening of your eggs and your ovaries, it also stimulates your collagen synthesis. And this yeah, is why women... I hear that quite yeah, a bit. Yeah. yeah. So a colli- good collagen supplement is mm-hmm. a really good idea as well, if that is something that concerns you. But it's these underlying things that we don't see. So obviously oestrogen also stimulates our cardiac muscle. Less oestrogen, you're much more prone to cardiac risks um, and also stimulates our bone health, you know. So that's why us women, when we go through perimenopause and menopause, you know, are, are prone to osteoporosis. And that they are much more serious things than the hot flush. Mm-hmm. Like, So it's actually making sure your bones are as strong as possible. Vitamin D and K2 combined are really important 
for strengthening the bone, as is weight bearing exercise. That's why I always like to recommend like say yoga or Pilates because you're just using your own body strength mm. as that resistance or lifting <clears throat> weights. So our, the, t- the way of we exercise needs to change as we go through this period of our life. And then making sure you know your numbers when to protect yourself against cardiovascular. Because we really, if you were to walk the wards of the hospitals, you know, and you were to take a snapshot of like 45, 50 year olds, there's a lot more women there is men at that stage. We don't talk about that a lot, I don't think. Exactly, exactly. And that's, you know, myself and Mary are doing an event in in the 19th of November where we're bringing a cardiologist to talk about this and and to talk about the effects on our bone with our uh, radiologist. So just knowing your blood pressure reading, making sure that's within norm. And you can go into any pharmacy. We like, I know we do them all for free. Keep an eye on it or you can get yourself a blood pressure monitor. And your cholesterol, because cholesterol, that buildup of low density lipoproteins, bad cholesterol, it can form the plaques, which can form, you know, can narrow the arteries, can form clots, can form strokes, then can it be, a, you know. So, you know, we are much more at higher risk of cardiovascular problems. So, and there's lots of supplements that can help with that, you know, good quality fish oil or cholesterol low has been developed by an Irish GP to reduce cholesterol naturally as well. And can I ask, I suppose, for you being in tune with all of this, does this sort of lead you to reassess your own health and fitness at any stage? I mean, I I read you were on a bit of a fitness journey a couple of years ago. Well, I think all of that kind of came about during definitely the pandemic. You know, I was completely working, I'd say from six o'clock in the morning to whatever silly o'clock at night, to midnight at night during those couple of years because... I was trying to get on, do whatever work I had to do with my team, then homeschool the kids, you know, at home and then get back on again and do it. So I was trying to do it all yeah. under the one roof. And um, so, like, there's no question that that caused a huge amount of anxiety in me. And, you know, you talk about pump and cortisol around my body. I definitely, and cortisol is an appetite, you know, it increases your appetite. Yeah. So I was eating loads of stuff that I wouldn't normally eat wasn't exercising like I was doing before um so it wasn't moving as much other than going into the office doing what I was doing and then coming down the stairs every time I passed the fridge I was opening the door and eating something that I wouldn't normally eat Mm. so I definitely my weight increased hugely during the pandemic probably a combination of that and hitting menopause at the same time or perimenopause so all of that Definitely. And because I'm five foot two, you know, then you could see it as a show. Yeah, really quickly. So I felt like, you know, mentally I was not in the in a place where I wanted to be. I felt burnt out completely. I put on weight. My mum and dad both have cardiovascular problems. My granny and granddad all passed away from cardiovascular. I I know I'm genetically predisposed to this. And when I went to see my GP, my cholesterol was up. You know, she sent me to the cry unit out in um, in Tala. That's and actually my aunt set that up, Mary Green. Oh, really? Yeah, the, Michael Green, yeah, the Fantastic. cry. Yeah, so yeah. I went through all of that process of mm. the go out there, the stress test and the ECG and whatnot. And really, the long and the short is, like, my cardiovascular health was not where I wanted it to be. And and so I went on this fitness journey, not out of, like, losing the weight, but actually looking at looking Cassie and I want to be able to be here whenever they have their children and, you mm. know... It was a health journey, really. Uh, plus, also, no point me coming on to telling everybody, you know, what you need to do for your health. I'm not practicing what I preach myself, you know. So 
it was twofold for me, really. So, yeah, I did go on a health journey, really looked at my nutrition. And again, we're not trained in this as pharmacists. We're not nutritionists. So I've picked up bits and pieces that going along the way. But so I went to a nutritionist, a qualified nutritionist to understand what was going on in my body. And that has definitely increased my knowledge around like our protein intake at this stage. You know, how all these things play out. What was the biggest change you made, do you think, there then? Just definitely my portion sizes, number one. Um, what was on my plate then in terms of, you know, um, lots more colour. The whole, we talk about eating the rainbow because it brings in all different polyphenols mm. to feed the gut bacteria, you know, which is really important, increasing the fibre. Probably then really upped my protein intake. And sometimes I take a protein check because I'm not eaten enough protein, you know, naturally in my diet, um, probably a lot more omegas, good fats, you know, and from nuts and seeds, if I'm not getting it from like oily fish as well. And I definitely take a protein shake because I wouldn't consume from my diet as much protein as I you need cut back to. On meat. Yeah. 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 You know, so I've kind of cut back on the red meat, a huge focus on processed foods like, you know, and during the pandemic, definitely there's stuff going in the microwave and whatnot. I think everyone will relate to what you're saying yeah, about that. Yeah, so definitely. Either weight gain or, or drinking more in the pandemic, I think everyone. Yeah, so yeah. like just and all of those hidden sugars, you know, yeah. low fat. What does low fat mean? Well, there's sugars added. Um, all those stabilizers and emulsifiers and everything, just not good for your gut health not, and therefore not good for your immune health. So that was a real eye opener in terms of my own nutrition. Um. And I definitely feel like I have so much more awareness around that. And I feel like because of that journey, I am able to help my children and I can see their diet has completely changed as well. Now, even what they say to their friends now, like Luca is so into his nutrition now. Um, and then my exercise. And again, what I was doing was I was running, but that wasn't the right thing at For my you. stage. Mm. I needed to be lifting weights and, and so on. But I didn't really understand why. And then I was scared in case I was doing it wrong. Um, and because I had been in a car accident years ago. So I was scared in case I put out my back again or whatever. So all that education around what to do for so you the to stage get a tra of a trainer to help to tell you yeah, exactly so I go to how PT, to do things, yeah, yeah yeah so I signed up to a nutritionist and a PT and I did a whole online and that was the, the good thing about it. during covid you could do it online yeah, you know because yeah, yeah. I don't have the time to be going to that's what I was thinking where would you get the time yeah, yeah so I was doing it like on a Friday evening and a one to one with her and then I was joining classes which were like pre-recorded as mm. well so you could you didn't have to join mm. all at, at that time. particular time mm. or whatever so and I listen I signed up to somebody who I knew would absolutely kick my ass because was she was a girl. Tara yeah. Grimes? Is that how you, Tara Grimes, you do yeah. You do as you're told with Tara. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. I'd love to totally. take this. <laughs> totally. I, but that's what I needed. I needed somebody hardcore that weren't go wasn't going to listen to my excuses because I would just make excuses. Oh, well, I can't. Sure, we're do we're this all great for the excuses. Yeah. You need She'd someone like, like her. Have you yeah. kept it up? Are you managing to keep mm -hmm. it up even mm -hmm. being so busy? Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. now I see the benefit in it. Yeah. You know? But you're an incredibly glamorous woman, aren't you, as well? <laughs> oh, you are. You've great sense of style. We, when we were doing our research today, we were looking, I was just looking at what you were wearing at all the 
the events. Have you always been into fashion? I do love it. Probably from my mum again. But the northern women, I was telling Caroline, my mum's from the north. And uh, she's, well, sorry, her mother. Uh And uh, so they they spent all their time in Belfast and we would have gone up as kids. The northern women are very glamorous, aren't they? Do you think so? Oh, I do. Yeah, (laughs) definitely. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what that's different. But I think my mum is always into fashion because of the manufacturing as well. Yeah, of course. She's a big advocate of marks in general. You must only buy very, very good underwear, certainly from that. Oh, she would always, she has it drilled into us. Like, you know, only Marks and Spencer's underwear. Yeah. 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 And it's so funny because I passed that on to Cassie. And like, so Cassie would go to Penny's and get all her bits and pieces, but she'd say to her friends, no, I have to go to Marks for my pants. And she kind of, you know, know, I've heard that quite a bit. You've reminded me of it now. I'm definitely going to be going to Marks and Spencer's. It's funny, isn't it's, it? Yeah, yeah that's just stuck with me. Yep, yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's, it's so funny seeing Cassie come in the Marks and Spencer's bag, you know, and the pennies, everything else isn't pennies, you know. <laughs> she must have a great time in your wardrobe, though, oh, or she definitely yeah. will anyway. Oh, well, she's... like she's much more into kind of like sporty gear and everything. And right the oversized, them. yeah. Oh, everything's yeah. oversized, yeah. yeah. Everything is oversized. Is it hard with time to fight? You must have outfits for different events and you've obviously got to, you might need to get hair done and nails. You know, when, how, again, it's finding the time, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I'm always using that as my excuse. But you probably enjoy it. It's a yeah, hobby. But I think those yeah. things like just having time for yourself to, mm. you know, is like, you know, something to calm you down, turn on your parasympathetic nervous system and just to like look after yourself. So like a good massage or a good facial or getting your hair done or, you know, it's not necessarily about the beauty aspect of it. It's about actually the emotional aspect of mm-hmm. it as well, what it does for you or whatever. So um, so I think that's all really good. And, you know, some people might like going for a walk in nature. I'm, I like a massage, like, or I like a facial. And that's what's good for me. So you can just kind of find what's... What, know, yeah, what, what turns like? your brain off or yeah. relaxes you. Or oh, yeah. you can't out straight away in a facial, snore the way, all the way through it, you know? Yeah, yeah. I love a facial too, yeah. to be honest. Oh, me too, yeah. 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 Well, thank, thank you so much. You know, I'm conscious of time now, but it's been mm-hmm. fantastic. And I think happiness leads to success. I think that's that's going to stick with us. It really is. Yeah. Know, as, a, as a message yeah. from you. Yeah, and I think, you know, I know loads of successful people, really successful people, but they're not happy, you know? And I think that is the ultimate failure success without happiness because what's it all about like you know so I think you've got to work on what makes you happy first what fills you what fills your soul and for everybody it's different things you know but for me it is about making an impact you know a positive impact on those around me so yeah I think fill your soul first be happy everything else fall into place it's well, great advice. So well, thanks so much. Meeting you know. women like you makes us very happy. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. we make our listeners yeah. very happy. So yeah. thank you so very much. Not at all. Thank you yeah, for coming all the way so from Kerry. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're delighted. It's our day out. Yeah.